Hey everyone, Dan Smith here, host of the Coffee and Space podcast. Welcome to another episode of the show. I'm glad you're here with me today. I'm also glad to have my guest today. Con Wong is the author of the new novel, The Circus Infinite, out now from Angry Robot Books. Uh, Con, welcome to the show. Thanks for having Coffee and Space with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I understand you're drinking uh, drinking coffee today. I am drinking coffee. How do you the take way it? I, the way I like it is uh, just with some milk, and that's it. Oh, that's good. Uh, I also like milk. Uh, I I have started using just some uh, vanilla extract for a little flavor in there. I'm trying to cut back on my sugar. Oh, quite nice. A bit. Yeah, I, the I, actual vanilla extract, and not it's the actual, s- not the imitation stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cool. I, I'm trying to do it right. Uh, my resolution is not working out all that well, but <laughs> but I'm trying to be a little cleaner. I can't go black coffee yet. Uh, I don't know if I ever will. Well, I can when I'm desperate. Yeah. I mean, if I really need that coffee and there's no dairy, I'll do it. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I but I won't like it. um okay why don't we start with kind of an introduction this is a debut novel uh introduce yourself to the listeners who is con wong (laughs) well my name uh as you just mentioned is con um i am a writer of science fiction and fantasy um this first novel is space fantasy which actually is kind of my favorite mode to write in um, I do not do epic fantasy. Eventually, I hope to publish some, I guess, what would be called low fantasy. Um, I used, when I first started taking writing seriously, my, my focus was on poetry. So I have a past as a, as a poet, um, but science fiction is actually like my true love, really. I recently retired. I worked in the nonprofit arts for most of my day job working life. Most recently, I was a grant maker for a public sector grant making agency. So my job was to essentially give money away to nonprofit arts groups. And I had put in for my retirement and received the offer from Angry Robot Books the day before my last day at work. So the timing kind of worked out perfectly. And I kind of feel like it's, it's kind of, it kind of was like a situation of the universe saying, okay, this is what you're going to do now. So, so that's been, so that's been nice. So, I mean, from the outside, it kind of looks like, oh, I got a book deal and quit my job. This was not, this would not have been enough to actually quit my job. The only reason I'm able to have the life set up I have now is because I'm getting a pension. Um, I have a past performing a circus arts, a subset of circus arts called flow arts, which essentially is different forms of object manipulation. My specialty was hoop. So I uh, used to do hula hooping and I used to perform and travel a lot to uh, do performances and teach workshops and things like that. I think so, you uh, you hit on something that I want to just cut in re- real quick to talk about, uh, if you don't mind. Um, the sure. idea of having a pension <laughs> that frees you up uh, for writing, for retiring and for writing. Um, as a career military person myself, you know, one of the reasons, it's one only one of the reasons, but one of the reasons that I have been uh, willing to stay for so long is because I know that once the pension is there, 
uh, and they, the wife and kids are taken care of, that's going to free me up for more of the things that, you know, I'm using air quotes here, want to do like writing mm -hmm. and like podcasting. So um, did, was that always something that you were driving towards with your job that someday you want to do this other thing? And so, you know, the pensions out there, or uh, is it just kind of all happenstance? It's, it's really happenstance. I mean, I had, I've long had the dream of, of being a writer. And even before I knew that I was going to, you know, be able to retire, I had been working towards the goal and writing and submitting and querying and like doing the whole rigmarole of becoming a traditionally published writer. And I had been doing that even before the retirement was in sight and, and, and possible. It, it just so has, it just so happened that it worked out the way that it did. But so, it wasn't really a grand plan or anything. Yeah, that's that's understandable. It it has been for mine, but probably because I've 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 been one of those people that like I always wanted to write, you know, like as a child even, and so it's just been like a well, I, I hope this will work in the end, and I don't know that it will because I'm not retired yet like you, um, but I'm hoping I'm hoping it will. Let me let me ask you about space fantasy. So. This isn't the same thing as just saying, I'm going to take elements of each and kind of mash them together. Uh, give me a definition of space fantasy and how does the Circus Infinite fit that bill? Okay. Uh, in, in some ways, it's, I mean, it's not, it's definitely not mashing up science fiction and epic fantasy, but I use the, I like this term space fantasy because uh, the the work, the world building and the actual story is not rooted in actual science. Um, I am, I think, uh, you know, readers and critics may disagree, but I think that I'm fairly uh, rigorous and consistent with the world building, but there are fantastical elements by which I mean things that, as far as we know, are not physically possible that happen, like psychic abilities, for example. So, um, and, but it, but it takes place in, on other planets. There is reference to earth being a place that humans once lived a long time ago in their history. There's aliens, there's space travel. So there's that kind of science fictional element, but there are, at the same time, there are things that happen that just are not rooted in actual science. So, if so on that level are fantastical. Yeah. Thanks for uh, explaining that it's, it does become for the listeners, it becomes evident very quickly what Khan is talking about. Uh, you know, the other planets, the space travel mm -hmm. and the fantastical element, uh, particularly Jess's abilities, uh, mm -hmm. just being the main character. In fact, let's get to the book itself. So your book, the survey, the circus infinite, uh, starts with your main character that I just mentioned, Jess, uh, running from uh, those who would study his anti-gravitational abilities. There's your fantastical element, um, which he uses, I don't know, what, 10, 15% towards the end of the book. I'm, I'm reading a Kindle version right now. So like I, I measure in percentages, not pages. Um, mm -hmm. So he gets, to, he uses those uh, for our, uh, for the beneficial understanding of those of us reading it pretty early on. Um, so the fantastical element gets used fairly early. So anyway, he's, he's running from, uh, the institution who wants to study him, uh, definitely not the type of doctor and staff that are actually 
trying to help their patients. They're trying to manipulate this and use it for their own good. So yet he runs. Uh, I think of it more of a dissection, and I think you use that that uh, concept in your your book. How'd you come up with this idea? What was this plot development like? Well, you know, when I first started writing the book, all I really had was uh, the world, and on my bucket list of projects to write was a circus book. But I hadn't envisioned that that would be in a circus in space. I figured it would be, you know, something earthbound. And realized, oh, I could do, I could do a circus in space, a cir- an alien circus, essentially. And so then before I started actually writing in earnest on this project, I had to figure out the main character. And I, and I just had this idea for this for this guy who, uh, you know, at heart, a, a, a good guy, a very gentle and kind person, but who gets put into a situation where he has to do things that he doesn't agree with and that he's not comfortable with, but feels like he has to do for survival and to protect people that he cares about. And, and then it, it just went from there. Um, and I, so I started writing really with an idea of who this character was and with the world. But I did it, but I had no idea about the rest of it. Like I didn't even know that this crime boss was going to be an antagonist until basically he showed up. And then and then I really took off from there once once the character of Nico Dax came into the picture. Yeah, and I want to explore him more, uh, Nico's character more here in a minute. But I want to, I want to kind of hone in on the circus itself because you have, you mentioned earlier that you have experience with the circus arts uh, and performing arts of that nature. How, how did that affect uh, the story that you created? Your experience. How did your experience uh, in those arts affect the story? Well, it. My, my experience there really influenced the world building, not the science fictional world building, but the world building of the circus troupe. And I drew on, I mean, none of the characters really are exact analogs of people that I know in real life, but certainly I drew on personality types that I encountered over the years. And I drew a lot on kind of the experience of being, of becoming a really tight bonded unit with the people that you're making a show with and the experience of training your individual act and and working collaboratively with the other folks to create the thing. Uh, So all all of that, all of that um, really fed into this as well as kind of just the general I guess milieu you would say of of being in that kind of creative and even bohemian kind of environment uh so I would think that with a troop uh with a circus troop of aliens uh and you described some of their physical uh uh, attributes, physical attributes uh, in the story. I would think that as a writer, you have you could have a lot of fun with what abilities a different alien 
could bring to the table as it were. Uh, did you kind of let your mind just run with this and see what would happen? I mean, you got a character, I can't remember his name right now, uh, has multiple arms. I would think that as a, a former performer yourself and as a writer, you could have a lot of fun with a character that has that ability. Oh, for sure. And that four-armed character, he has four arms um, from a species that has four arms and he's a juggler. So yes, that was actually super fun to imagine the kind of patterns and routine, you know, performance that somebody like that could create. But a lot of the, um, a lot of the other aliens don't, some abilities are kind of referenced in passing, but a lot of them don't play into the actual circus acts all that much. Um, So of course, uh, hiding in a circus doesn't always hide you from uh, what you're trying to get away from both in reality and in fiction. Uh, Jess has run off to join the circus, as we mentioned, but uh, in running off to the pleasure moon, joining the circus, uh, some unseeming, no, some uh, nefarious character types uh, emerge. We mentioned Nico Dax already. Uh, I think now's a good time to talk about that. Uh, What kind of pickle do you get your uh, character into? Well, the Nico, the crime boss, discovers the uh, that there's a bounty on on Jess, and through some probing, figures out the nature of figures out why they're they're after him, and the nature of Jess's abilities, and so he blackmails Jess into. Um, running certain errands for him, shall we say, uh, making use of his abilities for, for Nico's own purposes. And the yeah. tasks ex- escalate in terms yeah. of- Yeah, yeah, as, as they are wont to do uh, <laughs> once someone has blackmail on somebody else. Um, so it's pretty easy to hate Nico Dax. Uh, you, you did a good job of creating a character that uh, doesn't have a, a lot of redeeming value, uh, in, except as a mover of Jess. Um, how did you create Nico? Is he based on anything in real life? Um, how is he more than a plot device? Well, so as I mentioned earlier, I didn't know that Nico was going to be a figure and the antagonist until I was until he shows up, he showed up in the story. Um, he's not based on any real person <laughs> that I know, thank goodness. Um, good, good. <laughs> and I, but I, I, I just want to preface by saying of all the characters in the book, he was probably my favorite one to write. Um, villains are just fun to write. <laughs> um, Oh, and I'm uh, sorry. What was, uh, so where did he come from? Was that the the question? Uh, yeah. Like, how did how did uh, you create him? Where's where's his yeah. character from? And all that. So I, I so I, I knew that he was the crime boss, and his voice, like the the way he spoke, just kind of happened on the page. So I immediately got a sense of his personality, or at least how he presents himself. 
particularly how he presents himself to his underlings and people that he wants to intimidate. But I didn't really have a a, a sense of like his backstory or you know or any of that. Um, so I really just let that voice carry it and uncovered the character as I went, but. Ultimately, what I was going for, and this was um, refined some during the editing and revision process. Ultimately, what I was going for was, you know, what if Tony Soprano, but somebody really cultured and refined and um, almost if feet. I mean, that sounds like that's such a pretentious word, but I don't really know what other word to use. Um, as somebody who thinks of themselves as really, as really cultured and refined and, and, and polite to a fault, but is really capable of extreme brutality at the same time. You know, and of course, then you you develop the plot from there, and and uh, you know, Jess gets to a point where he has to decide how 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 bad is he willing to become in order to protect his uh, the fact that he's hiding from from his past as well. Uh, and so uh, you get to do your uh, a good deal of character development there, uh, plot development as well. Um, and we won't go much further into that than that because that's this show doesn't really do spoilers, so. Um, so we'll leave it there. Um, one of the themes that I started seeing very quickly uh, and others have picked up on as well is the idea of found family, which is becoming, uh, I would say in the last year or two, a, a pretty important concept in science fiction and in uh, uh, science fiction writing communities. Can you talk about that theme and how you developed, first of all, was it purposeful uh, or did the characters kind of work it on their own? Um uh, so was it purposeful that you you have that theme running through the book and what that theme means to you as the writer? It was purposeful, yes. Um, and for me, you know, I'm coming, yeah, I'm queer and I'm coming at the concept of found family from that perspective. Um, and it's, an experience that's common to a lot of queer folks of different varieties of coming out to their biological families and not being accepted um, and not only being rejected, but in some situations actively harmed by biological family and going out into the world essentially on their own and finding community and 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 kind of creating their own families uh, by necessity so that's kind of where it was coming from for me uh, or that's where that's the that's how i approach the that trope and for jess uh it wasn't really the queerness necessarily, although he is, uh, it wasn't that that drove him, but this kind of needing to escape uh, these people who wish him ill for an aspect of who he is, um, but it's a different aspect, it's his abilities. 
So, uh, so yes, while it's not the uh, driving force for Jess, he, you did go to length to create a, I think he, he's asexual. Yes. If I remember everything right. Um, That's correct. So it was definitely a part of his character makeup. Uh, um, how long ago did you, how fresh is the wound for you uh, coming out to your biological family? Oh, it's, uh, over 30 years it's been over 30 years so i've been out for for some time and they you know they came around there was there was a difficult adjustment period at the start which isn't really all that surprising uh but eventually you know we repaired the relationship so i'm glad to hear that how much of that experience bled into jess's uh situation um you know i didn't so one of the one of the things I set out to do with this world building was I wanted to create a society where queerness is just not an issue. It exists and people are, and it's just like nobody cares. It's just not a thing. Um, so in terms of uh, Jess's character um, and his feelings of rejection and being neglected and struggling to find his own community. It, it, the queerness wasn't overt, but um, I, my experience certainly has, I guess, informed my mindset. So in a, in a certain way, it's just how my imagination works and there's kind of no getting away from it really <laughs> because it's so ingrained and embedded in my psyche kind of. But it wasn't, um, that part was not really an overt uh, element of, of Jess's character development. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sorry to like create a, a situation where you're being asked this, this <laughs> personal level of stuff. But I, I am always curious about, you know, because there is a certain amount of autobiography, particularly in early novels that authors, they don't have a, you know, they don't have a choice. It's just who we're writing what we know. And so... I want to I want to kind of explore that with you, and I'm I'm grateful that you took a few minutes to do that with me. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, so, uh, any other themes from the novel you want to discuss? Well, I think the other big theme, other than the found family, is uh, the idea of personal autonomy and self determination, and, uh, and and general people's right to define themselves and and live their lives as they see fit, uh, not only in terms of relationships and who they love, but um, you know, where they live, what kind of work they do. You know, the, you know, the idea that that people have the right to make their lives true to themselves and not be forced to, to meet somebody else's expectations. That's another theme that's becoming I'd say in the last couple of years, that's becoming uh, more and more on the forefront, uh, certainly of science fiction and fantasy, other speculative fiction writers, um, and in the community that is surrounding that. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to, to hear that discussed as well. Um, Publishers Weekly gave a, a good review of your book. How'd that feel? It was awesome. I won't lie. <laughs> um, I, you know, I had been, nice. I had been cautioned by my publisher that Publishers Weekly is often very prickly. I was cautioned that they were that they were kind of prickly, and so I was prepared for uh, 
snarky undercutting you know kind of thing and so getting um getting a positive review at, with a star next to it was was kind of a, a little mind-boggling and a big surprise so yeah and i'm i'm excited for you on that i know i just said that really i'm excited for you that yeah i I am like I like as a as a aspiring writer. That's what we all want. We want that publisher's weekly review uh, that goes in a positive direction. And so, congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. What's next for you as an author? Well, I hope that the Circus Infinite will be the first book in a series. Um, what I have planned is uh, essentially a series of standalones. So, so the main I've just finished a version of the next book. And the main character is Jess's BFF figure from the Circus Infinite. Um, so it's, so my, the idea is that these would be standalone stories that feature different protagonists, but all set in this same universe. So it's not one big epic quest that's, you know, being undertaken throughout the books or anything. So I, I'm hoping that will happen. Um, for uh, listeners who don't know you yet, but want to learn more now, uh, how can they learn more about your work and connect with you as an author? Well, the obvious place to go would probably be my website, uh, conwong.com. There's not a whole lot on there yet. Uh, I am hoping to... Um, do some blog posts about really mostly about writing and my creative process. I might do some bonus materials, the short stories set in this universe, but I will see. Well, I can't promise anything. I, I hope to do that, but um, the other, the bigger projects might and promotional responsibilities and things might, might take precedence. And uh, you can follow, they can follow me on Twitter. I, my handle is at cosmic con and those are probably the best ways. So I'll link to both of those in the show notes, as well as uh, the book itself, obviously. Um, con, thanks for joining me on today's episode. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, folks, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast, uh, Coffee and Space, so that you can get those episodes downloaded directly to your smart device or your computer. Um, I can't wait till we meet again next week with another uh, inspiring, encouraging, and exciting author to talk about books and science fiction and fantasy. Uh, and we'll do that over another cup of coffee in space. Wow.